Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. You're listening to Art Life with John Bishop Fine Art. And uh, welcome back. I'm glad you're here. Let's see. It's been a really, really good week. In fact, it's been a really, really good couple of weeks. Uh, beginning of the year. We're having a really, really good year so far. Uh, you know, knock wood. Um, hope it, I hope it lasts. Um, Right now, we're involved in all kinds of things. We've still got the Without Limits exhibition going on at Silver Street Studios here in Houston. And that's a big show that we put together, and I'm on the exhibition committee. Uh, so I helped to kind of put that show together and, and curate it. And if you haven't done that kind of activity, man, get on a list. Find some way to do it. You learn so, so much when you're curating a, a a big collection like that. It's been, it's been a real education for me. And it's been very successful. I've already sold two pieces out of that collection, uh, out of that exhibition. And it's just a, it's been a really, really positive experience. Um, we had our, last month, we had our first kind of joint show with Bogdan and I just in my studio uh, to do an exhibition just of us to, to kind of feature some of our work that uh, normally gets lost in the really crowded studio. So we've curated a, a, a collection last month and, and we, uh, we uh, did quite well. It was quite a success. Uh, we only had about 10 people. We found out that none of the invitations that we had prepared actually got sent. There was a glitch in the software. So uh, it was amazing we had anybody at all. But it was quite successful, and I think in that one evening we made something like $2,500, which for us is a big deal. It's a big deal. So we're doing it again this month, and it'll be next week. Uh, this is now uh, January. Uh, so what we're doing now is, uh, you know, last month was a Christmas theme uh, called You'll Do. And uh, so in January, we're having one that's winter-based, and it's called Ice Ice Baby. And uh, we will have yet another one in March, excuse me, in February. And that one's going to be called That's Amore for kind of a uh, Valentine's Day. So we're hoping to, to bring some collectors in and get them used to coming by and, and giving them a real experience when they come in so that they're not just being hit up for a sale, which would be delightful if they want to buy something. But even if they don't, we give them something to eat, we hang out, we, we have a hopefully a good crowd and people enjoy their evening uh, and will come back again and again and, you know, make us part of their, their lives uh, as collectors. So that's the hope anyway. So that's coming up. <clears throat> I've also been included in a group show in Mexico City called In, uh, in Real Life. And that is in conjunction with the PRPGMX Gallery in Mexico City run by Michael Swank. And I've been involved in a couple of the art labs and then he's doing a group show with the participants of the art labs. So my artwork is in the mail to, to Mexico City. I'll have it framed once it's there and get it up uh, for the show starting in February. Um, Bogdan has just been honored by being included in a large group show here in Houston, uh, kind of a juried show, and it's called Houston Forever. It's in a big kind of empty building downtown, and 
they have like 30 artists and each one has six pieces. So it's a, it's a big honking show and should have lots of press and lots of uh, attention to it. So fingers crossed that goes really well for him. We delivered his artwork this week. Um, and then Michael Swank in Mexico City has also asked that uh, Bogdan and I send in a proposal for a show of the two of us in, in the theme being how we collaborate as a couple and as, as artists. Uh, it should be really interesting. We've never done anything like it. So even having the conversation about it seems a little difficult for us. We don't really know how to even approach that kind of concept. I mean, how do you sit down with your spouse and, and talk about how your creative life intertwines? It's, it's going to be a fascinating conversation if we can ever get our heads around it. Um, <clears throat> Bogdan was also uh, notified that he's in a group show uh, in Mexico City at the Polytechnic University. Uh, and that is one called Aqua, a Promesa de Vida. And it's on uh, the National Day of Water, and it's in March, a show, a group show at the Polytechnic University there in Mexico City. So we're getting lots of mileage of late. Uh, in fact, uh, Bogdan is also submitting to a collection uh, about contemporary women uh, in Argentina, a photographic uh, exhibition. And of course, PhotoFest is coming up again here in Houston. If you don't know what PhotoFest is, it's, a, it's the largest kind of photo celebration, I don't know what to call it, a, a, a conference, uh, but the largest in the world. And they have it every other year here in Houston. And uh, Bogdan will be uh, going for a, a uh, portfolio, portfolio review there at PhotoFest. And of course, they bring all kinds of exhibitions and speakers. So it's, it's a really good year for photography in Houston. And then ultimately, we have both now uh, applied for um, the other art fair in Dallas. So uh, we didn't do this last year because of COVID. Everything got weird, and we finally just kind of backed out. It was just going to be Bogdan, and, and now we've both applied. I might not get in. I, I assume Bogdan will get in because he got in last year. Uh, so it's just been a really, really good couple of weeks uh, with the new year. We're making some money. We, we need it desperately. Um, the economy looks good, but there's also inflation, so that can often hurt kind of luxury products and luxury purchases. So we'll see what the, what the new year is going to bring. There tend to be, you know, peaks and valleys in an art business. So uh, hopefully we're just still up on, on our way up the peak uh, and not ready to fall into the valley. But anyway, really, really been successful. Well, you know, I say success, and that's really what I wanted to talk about today in this episode is is success as an artist, as a creative, whether you're, you're doing um, you know, visual arts, if you're doing graphic art, if you're, if you're doing digital art, if you're a musician, if you're a set designer, if you're a, you know, whatever kind of creative background you have, if you're taking photographs, if you're making sculpture, what does success 
look like. I mean, we all want to be successful. And yet, <clears throat> I think it probably combined with all the work on goals and objectives, um, a year or so ago, I was kind of looking at that saying, okay, how are we, how are we going to measure our success as a company and as, as creatives? And I found it very, very difficult because I don't believe that we can use the same rubric to measure our success as do other small businesses. We worked a lot with, with uh, networking groups like BNI and Chambers of Commerce and, and just different kind of networking organizations for small, small businesses. And we found that even though all those people are wonderful and all that information was great, it just didn't quite fit. We, we felt a little bit like, you know, the round, the, the square peg trying to fit into the round hole. And so we would just try and make, uh, you know, accommodations and, and approximations as to how our business was like theirs. I mean, you know, obviously, if, if you're running a, a small business, uh, you need to make money. And if you're running a, I don't know, a button shop, you're selling buttons, one way to measure whether or not you're a success is, do you make money selling buttons? Do you make more money selling buttons than other people make money selling buttons? There are ways to start to measure that success from, from a, you know, from a financial standpoint. And I said, okay, well, that's great. Obviously, if I'm making money, maybe I'm successful as an artist, but is that actually true? I mean, do, if, if you're going to run a small button selling operation, you must make money. But can you be an artist and be successful and not make money? Well, yeah. It happens quite a lot. In fact, in history, we have loads and loads of examples of people who were pretty much destitute, very successful artists in the sense that they were, they were very, very good at their craft and, and they didn't make in much or if any money. And then you look at the other people who, there are other examples of people who are, are really god-awful at their art uh, almost a joke, and they're making gobs and gobs of money. I mean, we won't use the banana tape to the wall because that was kind of a publicity stunt. But there are a lot of people who are presenting art that is just really not that good. They're making quite a bit of money, but are they successful? I can see an argument both ways. So how else do you measure that? I mean, what else would you look at? Would you look at a fame? Is fame a good measure of whether or not you're a, a successful artist? Do people know your work? Uh, again, yes. Uh, you look at some very, very famous artists, Picasso, uh, not only dead folks. I mean, look at, look at uh, I'm going to freak out on names, uh, Hearst, uh, um, Kuhn's. Um, Gerhard Richter, uh, a number of people who are doing really, really well. Uh, and are with Banksy, my God, Banksy's famous and nobody even knows who he is. So yeah, fame can be a real, real measure of success as an artist. But 
Aren't there artists who are not famous or were not known until after their death? Uh, I'm thinking of a woman, I'm sorry, I'm not going to remember her name. There was a, a documentary about her and she was taking photographs and she just stored all her photographs from the 1950s. And she took some amazing photographs that no one ever saw until somebody cleaned out her house after her death. And now those, those, those pieces are, are very celebrated. So is fame a, a good measure? I mean, maybe. Is it a, you know, it, it, I'm asking more of the questions than anything else. And so when you look at what a normal company, what a, a run-of-the-mill brick-and-mortar or even digitally run company needs to do to be successful, I think maybe our measures are slightly different. And I don't say that as an excuse or as a way of kind of dismissing our responsibilities that we have as small business owners. I mean, we do have to run businesses. We have to make enough money to live off of. We have to pay our taxes. We have to, we have to, uh, to, to meet certain criteria. But I do think it's important that we don't place our own self-worth, if you will, on a set of measures that don't really resonate with a creative career. And so well, I tried to get my head around, well, how would I do that? What would I measure if I don't measure, you know, accounts receivable and accounts payable and, and receipts and what would I do? What would it look like? And so I said, well, let me just look at people that I consider to be successful artists, people that are alive now, not dead people. There are lots of dead people that you could look at. But who do I know or who am I aware of in my world that I consider to be successful artists? And I came up with a list of five people. That was my goal. And the five that I chose were John Ross Palmer, who is a, a internationally known, but a local artist here in Houston. And uh, John Ross Palmer is um, largely an abstract painter. He is, I consider him to be quite successful. He makes money, he, he has a, a following, he's got a Wikipedia page, he's, you know, he's doing, I think, a lot of the right things. So the second person on my list is Stefan Van Quick. Now, Stefan is one of these people, he's very, very young. He works out of Berlin, though I think he's originally Argentinian, I'm not sure. No, I think he's actually Swiss. But uh, he's lived all over. He's very young, he, he does everything. He's an artist, but he's also, a, uh, he's also an agent. He's also a, a gallerist. He's also, he's also a writer. He creates a magazine. He, he does everything, he promotes art. He, he works on big installations and he, he puts together shows. He has a television program, for goodness sake. Uh, he's that kind of person that does everything. And, and I really admire that about him. Uh, the third person on my list is Zach Williams. Zach is a local artist here in Houston. Uh, he is one of those people who is so, so very skilled 
at his art that he impresses the hell out of me. Uh, the thing about Zach is he's very, very good, very realistic painter. He's very, very detailed, but it's not like it comes easy for him. It doesn't appear to come easy for him. He really works on it. I remember uh, I watched him do, uh, he was doing a very large piece, and I remember he had probably 10 or 15 sketches of how he wanted to paint a finger on one of the people in his paintings. I mean, he really, really worked at that. He has a great, great skill in producing his artwork, and I, I really, really admire that because I want to grow my skills as well. The fourth person on my list is another local Houston artist, J.J. Baker. J.J. is the quintessential artist. He's cool, he's, he's good looking, but he's really relaxed and, and he, he's got that bohemian vibe, but he's the kindest person you'll ever meet. Uh, he has time for you whenever you want to talk. He creates magnificent art, but he's always changing and adapting. And, and he's got that authenticity that I think is so, so vital in, in any art, any creative. Uh, and then the last person on my list is Gerhard Richter. Not someone I know personally, but somebody uh, whose work I, f I follow and admire greatly. And what I really like about Gerhard, Gerhard Richter is that he has evolved. He was, he's, he's a photographer. He's also, I think he also draws, as well as these amazing uh, abstract paintings that he does. And he does all kinds of different art, and he has earned his place. He, over time, has become somewhat famous. I mean, he's not maybe as famous as some, but he's certainly up there. He has a following. He is well-known. And to me, that's a very, very good sign of success, is that you have that level of notoriety, of, of celebrity as well. And so when I look at these five people, I associated one word with each to kind of capture what it is that I felt was heroic, what I thought was successful in each of these painters. And with John Ross Palmer, I put determination. I've never seen anyone work so hard, so focused on his career. That's what John Ross Palmer is. He is an artist, that's what he does. He's got lots of other qualities to his personality in life, but he is completely determined to succeed as an artist, and he does. Uh, Stefan Van Quick, he's fearless. He is badass. He is, he, there's nothing, he would not, he's not mean or he's not arrogant, but there's nothing he wouldn't try. And there's no one who's going to tell him no uh, if he's something he wants to do. I admire the heck out of that as well. Uh, for, for Zach, uh, I put skill. I, I wish to have the to be able to better my skills as an artist as he does. J.J. Um, Baker, authenticity. He is the most authentic artist I can think of right now. Uh, and uh, that counts so, so much because no one will reject you faster than being inauthentic. You've gotta be the real thing. I mean, 
Uh, I was thinking the other day, you know, we know lots and lots of artists at lots and lots of levels. How many forgerers do we remember? Those are great artists too. You have to be a pretty good artist to forge a, a master, but we don't remember their names. So you need authenticity uh, to be successful. And Gerhard Richter, as I said, fame. You need to have some level of appreciation and, no, uh, and notice of your work by your peers or by the art community or by collectors uh, or by the press. Whatever that, whatever that looks like. And so I thought, can I actually take these five words, determination, fearlessness, skills, authenticity, and fame, can they actually be used as measures towards success in an art career? And I believe that they can. They, they don't necessarily replace the, the needs for making money and paying bills and, and doing all of those, those kinds of day-to-day -day activities that we all have to do as small business people. But this layer of a, a special kind of special set of rubrics, of, of determiners, to say, if we are meeting these things, can we be successful? If you are determined and you're doing all those little nitpicky things, you're doing all your marketing, you're doing all your, your, your managing of art and, and phone calls and networking, if you're determined in that way, that will lead towards success. If you are fearless, and I don't mean foolhardy, I just mean, you know, there, there was a, the recent uh, Houston Forever uh, competition that, that I mentioned Bogdan was accepted into, I didn't apply because I said, you know, they're not going to like my work. You know, I need to be more fearless. I need to say, who cares if they don't like my work? And, and, and who knows, they might love my work. Um, if I could be more fearless, I believe that would help me be more of a success as an artist. Skill, obviously, the more skills I have, uh, the better my art will be. That's just goes without saying, and that cannot take a second, a secondary uh, attention, right? You, you're gonna have to work on your skills throughout your career. Authenticity, again, we don't remember the forgerers. We have to be true, straightforward, we have to be the real thing. People can smell a fake. Um, just be authentic. What, what was the saying uh, uh, saying in Hollywood? Um, just keep giving them you until it's you they want. Just keep doing it. If, if, you're, if you're not getting noticed, if you're not feeling like people are recognizing you, don't be, don't be uh, disingenuous. Don't, don't lack authenticity. Just keep giving them you until it's you they want. I thought that was a great, uh, a great line. And then finally, fame. Obviously, if you work on getting your name out there, if you're building that kind of uh, public persona around your art, that's gonna help make you a success. So yeah, I, what I did with these five terms then is I took them and I feathered them into my mission statement, into my vision statement, uh, and, and they trickle into my goals and objectives every year as well. And I may change them, but right now they're still, 
there's still the five that I'm, I'm sticking to. And uh, I, would, I would challenge you to do the same. You know, find the five people, just because if you get more, it gets difficult. Find five people you admire, write their names down, associate why you think they are your hero, what is one word each, that characteristic that you find admirable, and, uh, and then build those, those things into your own set of criteria by which you measure your success. And I do wish you tons of success. And I will talk to you again next week. Have a lovely week, stay creative, and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much for listening. Bye.